Hello and welcome to the Aligned Leader podcast. I'm Daniel Jordi and I'm your host. And on the Aligned Leader, we feature some of the most cutting edge technology CEOs and digital executives in Switzerland in order to empower next generation entrepreneurs to cut their learning curve and in order to establish Switzerland as a global digital innovation hub. Welcome to the show today. Today I have John Wegman on the show, who is the managing director of Switzerland for Iron Mountain. And uh, we've known each other for a while, so it's hard to catch you, but uh, I'm very excited to have you uh, on the show today. So uh, let's dive right into your story. So tell us a little bit more. Who is John and uh, what's your story that got you to where we are today? Yeah, so um, you can probably tell uh, I'm uh, American uh, originally, but um, I've uh, I've lived uh, outside the states for probably about the last 15 years, and uh, and we've been in Switzerland for the last uh, for the last six. So um, I started out my career as an engineer, as a materials engineer, and worked uh, and worked as a as a line engineer for about four or five years. Um, but I always kind of had a a direction in in doing business internationally and kind of across cultures. And uh, so I went back to school for uh, MBA in international business, and that kind of uh, was a bit of a pivot to start working uh, working overseas. And it's uh, kind of, it's taken me from China to Japan to the UK uh, to Finland and uh, and most recently Switzerland, which uh, which is home, I must say. Very nice. So tell me a bit more about you know your journey. I mean, you basically went from being an engineer to now running an entire organization, basically. Um, with quite a, I mean, it's actually an entire organization that you're running there. So what was, what was, what was that journey like? I think, uh, you know, starting as an engineer, um, you, you, you're very comfortable with data and numbers and, uh, and looking at, looking at things that are most of the time black and white. Um, as you, as you kind of grow and, and look at getting into more general management, um, you know, people, uh, people and situations become a bit more fluid, uh, and you really need to develop a, a bit of a radar or a bit of a sense for, um, you know, how, uh, uh, how to work through that. And, um, it, it can be comfortable sometimes. It can be very uncomfortable sometimes. I, 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 I love that. Yeah. Um, that transition is, is an interesting one from a mindset perspective. Um, so a curious question, um, when you go to work every day, what is the thing that inspires you to get up in the morning and go to work? That's a great question. Um, I think, you know, working, working in Switzerland um, is probably the most, the most fun and the biggest challenge I've ever had in my career. Um, you know, I, uh, our, our business is pretty well split between uh, Romandi and, uh, and the German-speaking part. Uh, and it, there's almost kind of a, a programming like in the matrix, right? You kind of need to reboot. Uh, you, you need to, to kind of reboot uh, the part of your brain to understand how, uh, how the thinking and, uh, uh, and, and the approach that you need to take. So, you know, the business problems and the business challenges we have are, are always kind of the classic ones. Um, you know, do I have the right strategy? How do I, uh, you know, how do I get things implemented? You know, aligning the budget, the organization. I mean, these are kind of classic management problems. When you put on top of that, uh, you know, the need to, to work across cultures, um, it, it, it's another level. Um, and it, uh, it, it, it's exhausting sometimes, but equally it's very energizing. And when you get it right, um, you know, it's, it, it really, it feels very good. Um, you know, being an American overseas, uh, I think sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's not. 
but, but, you know, in Switzerland, uh, I think it can be a bit of an advantage because somehow I'm the neutral, the neutral party, uh, with, uh, when it comes to managing the, uh, the business and, uh, and, and they do, they do tick, they do tick, you know, differently, I think. Uh, um, but it's, uh, but getting it right is, is just so much fun. And, uh, bringing the team together, you know, closer and closer every month is, uh, is, is a really good feeling. So it's about making, making things work that uh, not necessarily are easy to make work together. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I think you, you hear it quite a lot in business, you know, if it were easy, you know, everybody would do it. Uh, and, uh, um, so it's, uh, it's kind of about, uh, how can I say uh, it, it's about, it's about climbing the, climbing the big mountain and not necessarily the, uh, the small peaks in the, in the valleys, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, so you're running a fairly large organization now in, in Switzerland, basically you're, you're the CEO of the company in Switzerland and um, curious about that. How do you, how do you, how do you be CEO of the organization in Switzerland and still stay sane at the same time with everything <laughs> that on that happens? How, how do you, how do you manage that? How do you, how do you do that? I, I mean, I think you, uh, you need to pace yourself. Um, you know, I, the, the time I spend with my team is very energizing. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, we set the strategy and, and the business is kind of running off of that. Right. Uh, and that part can be comfortable because it ticks over a bit slow. I, I think that the day to day challenges are usually what, um, what becomes, uh, 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 what makes it, let's say, crazy or surprising. Uh, the, the, real, uh, uh, the, the real key, I think, to staying sane is, uh, um, is when you solve those small issues, uh, is recognizing the, let's say, the success, even if it's on a micro scale for what it is, because it's easy. Uh, there's always, usually, everybody that works for me is in, insanely intelligent, right? So by the time the problems filter up to my desk, uh, they're usually... <laughs> They're usually the choice between bad and worse or uh, the ones that have, you know, five or 10% uh, chance of success. So, you know, I think you need to be comfortable with that. Um, and when we do get these small wins uh, it, to really, uh, to really be able to say, you know, okay, recognize it for what it is and, and take, uh, take the energy from that. I love that. <laughs> That's a really good one, you know, but what, what ends up on your desk eventually. Um, so if you had to point out maybe two or three key lessons learned along the way with running such a large organization. Um, what would they be if you, if let's pick three, if you have to pick, pick three key lessons or key principles that you've learned? I think probably the first one I would say is, um, is, is, is hire the, the, the best people you can and, and really get out of their way. Um, I think the tendency in organizations can be to kind of think, okay, uh, you know, the, the, the hierarchy needs to be kind of based on merit, um, and, uh, you know, and ability, but I find, uh, I, I find the most amazing things happen usually when, uh, um, uh, I give a general direction and then step out of the room. So, um, that's not a comfortable thing to do and it's not the easiest, but, uh, um, but I, I find it drives, uh, it drives really, uh, really fantastic results. Um, Probably the second thing, uh, and this is this is probably uh, very key for me, is um, as you gain more and more experience, and uh, and I think you, you may see this with uh, uh, with what you do too. You kind of you develop experience is another way of saying there's cognitive shortcuts, right? So uh, so your your brain allows you to kind of jump uh, jump ahead and solve problems in uh, in quicker ways, and that's the benefit of experience, right? 
but the the downside to that because everything everything kind of comes double edged uh, in life, right? The downside to that is um, it's very easy to miss a detail or to jump over something that, that might be relevant. And I, I think the, the second probably most important thing is you need to keep yourself grounded or I, I don't know how you would say, keep your ego under control uh, in, in, in a way that, um, that you need to be humble enough to say, look, um, this is why probably based on my experience will happen, but we need to be open-minded enough to accept that we might not have all the answers. And, um, and I can tell you, in a leadership position, that's not always the best thing for the team to, to – uh, uh, they, they want to hear sometimes, yes, we're on top of this, right? Um, so it's not always comfortable, but I think it's, it's very important because you see so many decisions that get taken where, um, you know, people in leadership positions say, this is how it is, right? Um, and, uh, and it's not always the case. And, you know, sometimes there's small bumps in the roads, but other times it can really blow up. Uh, yeah. yeah. That, that, that probably is, is the single most thing I think, um, that, uh, that is kind of, uh, I would say important or, uh, um, or, or key to keeping, keeping everything ticking over. Um, you know, on a third side, you know, and it's, it's related to the other two somehow, but I think, uh, listening is, and people say this all the time, uh, you know, you really, you really have to listen and you get a sense for this, um, uh, I think, in a, in a quite quick way. If someone's listening just to understand when they can start talking again, or they're listening in a way when, uh, you know, when you can actually uh, uh, digest what they're saying. And because in Switzerland, you know, um, we're, we're generally working in either not our native language uh, or, for example, um, you know, it's kind of the classic situation where everybody's speaking English, but, um, but, but no one's a native English speaker. Uh, and, uh, um, so I think you really have to be, you really have to listen to all the nuance, watch the person, understand, uh, understand how they're actually building their arguments as they speak. All these things are very important and it, it's so easy to say and so hard to do. So, I mean, um, that, that's, those three things are absolutely probably, and they're applicable in any situation, right? And it's really interesting because they're all about people. <laughs> there's nothing about technology or there's nothing about, you know, structure and process and stuff. It's all part of it. But at the end of the day, it's really about the people itself. So uh, that's really fascinating. Now, uh, one more question about that. Um, once again, in terms of people, I want to say one more question on the, on the management or leadership topic. How do you get buy-in from people? Because when you have a project or you need something or a strategy or whatever, people need to buy in, right? There's, we no longer live in a dictatorship world. Uh, maybe we've never done, we never did, but we thought we did um, in, in business. We no longer live in this world, especially not with the kind of generations that we work with now. So how do you get buy-in from people? How do you get people to be excited about stuff like a strategy or about, you know, a project? Uh, I, I think the the challenge you laid out is, I think, probably the, one of the central management challenges today, um, because there's nothing worse than being the the leader who kind of blows the whistle and, and runs runs 100 meters and turns around and sees everybody still standing at the starting line, right? Um, you know, I, again, this is one of the great things about working in Switzerland, um, and and why I absolutely love the Swiss is. I think there's kind of a, there's a natural um, iterative process that goes in, in, in discussing things. Um, and, and what I've found is if you start with the big picture and you go kind of in several rounds, 
Um, and, you know, uh, I jokingly refer to, you know, the meeting sometimes as a, as a benign dictatorship, right, or a, or a diplomatic dictatorship where everyone gets a say, uh, but in the end, you know, understand that we have to get to a decision, yeah? Um, we have to vote on it. Um, and I'm very vocal with my team, and I always tell them, um, look, you should be disagreeing with each other, and you should be disagreeing with me. And uh, um, because if everyone just says yes, there's no, there's no richness in the conversation. Um, again, that's very easy to say, but drawing out that disagreement, uh, I think, is uh, um, is something that we're, I wouldn't say you burn a lot of time, but it, it, it costs a bit more time. Um, and you need to recognize that going in uh, and plan for it, because uh, even if someone disagrees, I mean, we have this saying in the business, disagree and commit, right? So I really encourage my team to say, look, I understand where you're coming from. It's not what I would do, but, I, but I'm behind it, Right. And I think if you can get people to that to that place, um, they don't feel like they have to drive an agenda in the background, and uh, um, but they're still supporting the overall goals of the business. And you know, back to what I said a few minutes ago, um, that one of those disagreements might be the point where you actually have to listen and and check yourself and say, I thought I had this, but but the, really the case is is not right. So, but that, but that takes time um, and, and you have to allow for that time. Uh, otherwise, uh, you know, everyone understands in kind of an urgent situation that, you know, you need to make quick decisions on things. Um, but if you've taken that time in other areas, then I think it works very well because the team, just like a football team or, you know, you know in the military, when you work with each other quite well, um, you know kind of who's going to move left and who's going to move right. And that becomes very synchronized. And, you know, football teams don't practice, you know, because they have nothing else to do. Yeah. And if, if these kind of low, low, low time pressure business discussions or practice sessions, right, for when, when things really become material, the, the, the ultimate decisions in both cases become much better. Absolutely. I love, I love the comparison to the actual, you know, sports team because um, usually we can, lo- we can learn a lot from these more natural situations. Uh, because sometimes business is so conceptual and we it seems so complex and you know sports teams seems seem so simple right we can learn a lot from these principles um now i want to transition a little bit into the present and into the future so right now what's most exciting for you in terms of your sector in terms of your industry yeah i mean for us uh, without a doubt um uh the the trans the, the transition of business and data into a more digital direction um, is, uh, uh, is, is the thing, right? Um, so, you know, what we do is we kind of manage both. We manage physical data, we manage digital data. Um, and it's not necessarily a, a downhill slide into digital is what we're finding. Um, and I mean, there's all kinds of, there's all kinds of issues, um, you know, with, with data. Uh, um, obviously it's, it's easy to, uh, it's easy to create it, but it's hard to manage it. Um, and, and that's, uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of organizations out there that are trying to get their heads around it, you know, and, and what does it mean and, and how do I, do, how do I classify things? And, um, there's a very general direction that it's headed, but, but no one's really worked out the fine details and it manifests itself differently in every industry. Um, you know, anytime that you have a situation, you know, like with a, with a ransomware or, um, you know, uh, or, you know, even these, um, even these leaks that occur, uh, you know, I think people understand that, um, just because it's uh, it's tied up nicely on a hard drive doesn't make it, it doesn't make it secure, uh, and, uh, and and coming to grips with that is uh, is, is quite uh, is the is the challenge in the industry. 
So what, you you mentioned this thing, this 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 uh, this one thing where you say oh, it's not necessarily de- a decline from just physical data and just everything's going to be digital. So where do you think we're going to go with this? I mean, is this just right now the case, or do you think it's 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 going to um, be the same or uh, stay like that in the next five to ten years as well? That it's always going to be physical data um, there, which is a must. Or where do you see it go? I mean, it's, it's, it's a heavy question. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's not one anyone has an answer to. If they tell you they do, then, uh, uh, then they're probably living on a cloud. Um, but I, I think people are still coming, people and companies are still coming to grips with the value of their data and how it's used, right? Um, and I think what we see is that uh, there's for physical, uh, the physical document is still kind of the single source of truth. Um, and it's something that everyone trusts, you know? The, if you look at the industry statistics, the, the, the actual amount of physical data is continuing to increase every year. Um, so it, it's not declining. It's just that the digital piece is growing so much faster. So I, I think as, as people mature with understanding, uh, you know, what, what segments of data have value uh, in what form, I, I think both sides will, you know, will, will crystallize out. I mean, if you take if you take an HR record, for example, or, or, you know, our, 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 um, our physical medical files, right? I mean, if you've got, if you've got your personal, uh, medical history, you know, on a hard drive or on a USB stick and it's lost, it's, you know, it's lost forever. Right. Um, and it doesn't take much, right. It could be, you know, somebody comes close to the magnet or you drop it or whatever. Um, and I think there's, you know, uh, you know, paper lasts for several hundred years. And I think for long-term high value things, we still see, we still see a lot there. Um, so, I mean, it's, uh, it, it's tough to say, uh, security is obviously a huge issue. Um, you know, these, uh, these cyber attacks become more and more, uh, uh, more and more relevant. Um, and they seem to grow in scope. So, uh, you know, it's, a uh, it's a really, it's a question we address in the industry, you know, almost on a daily basis. It's where our customers ask us for, you know, guidance and leadership. So it's really, um, it's really, uh, uh, one with no clear answer. And we just take a very iterative process to it and, and, uh, and, you know, try, try and give our customers the best, uh, the best solution to support their overall strategies and, and then equally on a day-to-day basis. So basically what I'm hearing is it's more about the segmentation of uh, the data. It's more about which, which, which data is more, um, valuable in, in, in physical storage basically, and which one is, is totally okay to be, to be digital. It's sort of like more going there because as you said, I mean, uh, security is probably the number one thing when it comes to your line of business um that you're in you know storing and and managing that kind of data and uh you know with cyber and cyber attacks and everything um it's kind of like really picking up a lot that's for sure and it's always going to be more and more complex and complicated but there's at the end of the day there's there's no system that can't be cracked you know because otherwise it couldn't be invent it couldn't be invented um so like do you think we're we're gonna have some very specific industries that just going to stay with physical data and, and others that just going to be completely digital or again, um, you know, it's, it's, I mean, that's the, that's the, that's the multi-billion dollar question, right? Um, uh, you know, I, I get very excited uh, when I see, you know, when I see technologies like blockchain being developed, um, you know, and, uh, and working here in Switzerland with kind of the crypto Valley and what's going on there. It, it's, it's very energizing because if you can, if you can kind of have a, a, a stamp, 
uh, buying, applying a technology like blockchain where you can guarantee that that digital information has not been altered. I think those things are very game changing, right? Um, today, you know, uh, today digital information can, can go in and be, uh, be manipulated and, and the record of that manipulation can be, uh, um, can be completely obscured. So um, I think if we can, we're, we're in a very adolescent stage with digital data. Um, and uh, I think it's going to be, um, you know, a decade or more before that matures. Um, I think people, people who have kind of grown up as digital natives need to move into more senior positions uh, where, where it's, you know, understood in a slightly different way. And I think that people need to, need to come to grips with the amount of data that, that you just generate yourself uh, with a smartphone or something like that every day. Um, people don't really realize the magnitude of, uh, of what's flying out there and you're giving it away for free. Right. Uh, so, um, you know, the famous saying, if you're not paying for the product, you are the product. So I, I think there's some maturing that needs to, needs to happen, uh, needs to happen as well with people understanding that, um, you know, it, you know, it, uh, uh, the applications that are running on your phone are, are generating lots of data that gives insight in, in, into you, you know, you as a person. So, um, I think all of these kind of things need to come together uh, and, and kind of coalesce into a, into a corporate or a business view of things. Um, and that's why, again, you know, I think when I look at, uh, when I look at what's going on in the Swiss market, uh, the Swiss market, everyone always says, well, you know, we're, we're small in Switzerland and everything, but small is not necessarily uh, a bad thing, right? It's what I find is businesses are a lot more agile uh, and, and, and abil the ability to kind of track left to right. You don't have these scale issues that you would in a, in a massive market or with a, with a large enterprise. So, um, you know, I, I, in, within my company, you know, I kind of position Switzerland as a bit of an innovation hub, uh, you know, w within the business because the team, the team is very agile and very open. And I think you see that in a lot of these startups and um, a, a lot of the things that are going on. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it is a very interesting place. That's for sure. Um, and that, you know, we could have a whole conversation about innovation in Switzerland. That's a separate one. Um, but uh, you know, it is very interesting in terms of uh, technology also that's developed now in Switzerland or well, not, maybe not developed, but kind of like, uh, that's really being, um, improved and worked on and, 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 and leveraged, uh, which blockchain is a huge part of that and crypto value for sure. Um, which is going to have a huge impact on the data business itself. That's uh, that's for sure. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and insights. Really interesting uh, conversation also on the leadership piece very much. Uh, so thank you so much for that. When people want to connect with you, learn more about uh, Iron Mountain, about the kind of work that you guys are involved in, where can people go? What's the best place? Probably the best place is on LinkedIn or, uh, or Zing. Um, you know, it's, uh, those platforms are, are pretty well developed and, uh, you know, always happy to, to have a chat and, uh, Back to what I said earlier, you know, you need to uh, you need to accept that you might not have all the answers. So happy to connect and uh, and have good conversations, and uh, um, you never you never know, you never know where where it could lead. So uh, once again, thank you so much for sharing wisdom, John. Not sure how I'm not sure how uh, profound it is, but uh, but thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Aligned Leader. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe so you get full access to all the newly released episodes every Wednesday. Do you have any topics that you would like us to cover? Then send us an email to daniel at leadersbridge.org and we'll work on it. And if you'd like to learn more about our initiatives, for example, like the CEO Collaboration Day, head over to leadersbridge.org.